COVID-19 fatigue, chances are you've felt it, but with new strains of the virus emerging and spreading, we need to stay informed to stay safe. Dr. Trish Pearl, Chief of Infectious Diseases, and Dr. Julie Pfeiffer, Professor of Microbiology, are here to share what they're learning as the pandemic evolves. Thank you both for joining us. Dr. Pearl, let's begin with you. How concerned should we be about the Omicron variant and how does it differ from the Delta variant and other variants? This variant has about 50 mutations, which is a lot more and many more mutations than we've seen on the other variants. 30 of those are on the spike protein. What's most important for our, uh, our listeners is that it's much more transmissible than the Delta variant has been anywhere from two to three times more transmissible. And it also has the ability to evade or escape some of the immune mechanisms that are in place, meaning that vaccines are not quite as effective and some of the monoclonal antibodies are not working. So when you put all of that together, what that means is that we could see a lot of infections very, very quickly, and that's what we've seen in other parts of the world. We do not know if it's more serious than, uh, or it causes more severe disease than the Delta variant, which is the big question. But nonetheless, it is going to impede some of the things that we would like to do given its transmissibility. Dr. Pfeiffer, what causes the coronavirus to mutate? Coronavirus is a member of a RNA virus family, and these viruses all have very error-prone enzymes that copy their genetic material. And so the mutation process is a natural process of replication with this class of viruses. So these mutations appear in every cycle of replication, and they're happening all the time. Vaccines or drugs do not cause the mutations. However, Vaccines, immune responses, and drugs can restrict viral populations um, such that the only ones that are able to still replicate emerge. And so that's why we see emergence of these variants. Dr. Pearl, over the last 20 months or so, we've learned a lot about symptoms of, of COVID and what to watch out for when we should be concerned. Are we seeing differences in symptoms with this new variant compared to what we saw earlier in the pandemic? The vaccinated individuals who are developing uh, Omicron infections or infections with the Omicron variant, uh, they are reporting milder symptoms. We are not seeing as much uh, as many individuals being hospitalized, et cetera. In the unvaccinated population, it, it, we are still trying to understand whether or not those symptoms differ immensely, but it may be that they also are presenting with milder symptoms. Dr. Pfeiffer, we read about variants competing against one another. What does that mean? There is a huge amount of selective pressure on viruses as they spread through a community. It's an incredible kind of athletic feat that they're trying to keep up with each other. And only the most fit ones are spread from person to person. And there are a lot of loser variants that we just don't see. They're not emergent in the community because they lost. And so it's this constant um, kind of selective pressure and competition between these variants that leads to the emergence of these ones that are more capable of transmission. And in terms of the virus and its evolution, um, transmission capability is everything um, to these viruses. Dr. Pearl, do the vaccines that we currently have now protect against the Omicron variant? It appears overall that the vaccine effectiveness is much lower 
the further out you are from your booster or from your from completing your second dose. So what we have learned is that the effectiveness increases up to 70 to 75% once you've had a booster. We get people vaccinated and fully vaccinated with boosters because what we want to do is really decrease the amount of virus that's circulating so it can't mutate further. Dr. Pfeiffer, we're heading into yet another holiday season with COVID at the front of mind for all of us. How are you thinking about this variant and behaviors that we should be adopting during this holiday season? Vaccination is absolutely key and making sure that people are boosted because that offers the best protection, particularly with Omicron. So that's three doses of an mRNA vaccine or multiple doses of the um, Johnson & Johnson vaccine, for example. Dr. Pearl, as we think about holiday gatherings, um, interactions that we have with our families and friends, are there changes in masking guidelines or anything we should do differently with this more infectious variant that we're seeing now? Absolutely. We need to be, uh, one, masking, especially in public places with individuals that we don't know. We don't know their vaccination status. We don't know whether they are symptomatic, et cetera. If you're going to have a gathering, do it in a well-ventilated area. If you can go outdoors, that's going to be better than indoors. So really think about that. So we're also going to have to make some choices so that we can stay safe. We just don't know what's going to happen with this virus But we may see rollout and utilization of home uh, home based tests much more as a strategy to really make sure that people are not infectious. And I think could become very important in just all of us feeling comfortable gathering because we want to normalize, but we want to normalize in a way that everyone is safe. Dr. Pfeiffer, I hear from someone every day about masking fatigue, just tired of wearing masks. When do you think we'll be able to do things without wearing a mask? We'll have to see how um, these waves play out, right? When there are times of low community circulation, there may be episodes where you can relax some of these mask rules um, in certain contexts, for example. But if there's a surge, then, of course, um, continued care may be mandated. And so I think it's going to be very context dependent. I don't think, you know, mandating a three-year mask requirement um, solves everything um, in every context. Dr. Pearl, I'm going to ask you to pull out your crystal ball again uh, and, uh, and tell us where you think we're going to end up with all of this. Will the coronavirus become just like the flu, where we get a vaccine every year at some an illness that does affect certain populations more than others. What what do you think this will look like a year or two from now? I do think we're going to see waves. And I think this virus is going to be seasonal, very much like the other coronaviruses and some of the other respiratory viruses, which means that we may uh, fall into a pattern where we'll see it in the fall and winter which then is going to potentially put an additional burden on the health systems. We are still going to um, have individuals with much more severe disease or who get more severe uh, complications from the infection. And we will potentially, as immunity builds in the population, have a lot more milder infections. So that's my prediction. Thank you both for being here today. We've learned a lot throughout the pandemic. And as we see this new variant and we adapt our behaviors, 
and strategies, it's really important to have information from experts like you. Thank you very much for having us. Thank you. Until next episode, stay safe and stay healthy.